0: MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: Welcome to Love and Murder. I'm your host, Sharae. I'll be joined by host, Kai. Most basements are cold, damp, dark, and dusty. But Bloody, it's Secrets in the Basement. Stay tuned, it's Love and Murder.
0: Welcome to a new episode of Love and Murder, the weekly true crime podcast discussing relationships gone terribly wrong. And when I say terribly wrong, how wrong do I mean?
1: Kai, dead, wrong, dead,
0: dead, wrong. I am your host, Kai. And this is my co-host, the lovely, the wonderful,
1: the gorgeous. <laughs> I'm Sharae. Hello, everyone. Do you have to excuse her? She's got a crush.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, let's let's go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Our show discusses true crime cases told in the form of a story with mystery, suspense, and just a little bit of humor sprinkled on top. And it appears and you'll will find out why that I just have to do a disclaimer at the beginning of the show. Uh, we do have humor, like I said, a little bit of humor sprinkled on top But Our humor is never at the expense of the victims where you never doing humor at the 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 thought that you can get away with murder or the thought that you 're even going to kill somebody or you know, like the police officers investigation being, you know, if they make mistakes or something like that. This is where our humor comes from. So if you don't like true crime and humor, then we are not for you. And that's completely fine. And but also, you... it's
1: just America's dumbest criminals. That's the best way to think of it. That's who we make fun of, America's dumbest criminals, not the victims.
0: But if you don't mind humor mixed in with your true crime, then continue listening. Check Mm -hmm. out our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. As I always say, we're everywhere. Follow (laughs) us on social media. The links are in the show notes below. But it will be sent at the end of the show if you just want to hear my gorgeous voice saying it to you. If you want to be part of our LM exclusive community, then join us on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash love and murder. When you join, you will get, first of all, commercial free episodes of Love and Murder. So you won't have to sit through all those annoying commercials. You'll also get bonus episodes every two weeks. You'll get crazy crime, Florida crime, behind the scenes. Like right now we have a behind the scenes there and we have a crazy crime episode that we just put off that you don't want to miss. You'll also get relationship advice and so much more. All of this for only $3 a month. So go to patreon.com forward slash love and murder and join us there. Now, if you've listened to our show or even at the end of this episode, if you listen to it and you like it, then head on over to Apple Podcasts or you could also head on over to Spotify. Spotify allows you to uh, give reviews. So head on over to Apple Podcasts or download the Spotify app. And listen to our episode and give us five stars over there. Say whatever you want in the description, but it just helps bring us up so everybody else could find us easily, just like you did. And we will be ever, ever, ever so grateful to you for doing that. But the easiest way to rate us is to go to our website, www.murderandlove.com and choose rate us in the menu above. So this is episode two of season two. And today we're back into our isosceles love triangle. And this triangle is a doozy. By the way, did you catch our first episode of season two, which was the lobster family, the case of Grady Styles? If not, you have to listen to that crazy episode. Yes,
1: that was a good one, guys, especially to kick off the new year
0: definitely yeah. different <laughs> oh yeah, yeah definitely different it was and it was after wild. you finish this episode uh after you finish this episode that you're listening to right now just go back to episode 40 and go ahead and catch it now the reason why I said I had to give a, give a disclaimer is because someone put a cape on and an s on their chest but the s didn't stand, stand for super though and it gave us a bad review for that episode they claimed that we were making fun of disabled people, but they clearly didn't listen to the show. No, uh, So they decided to stick up for a wife beater and a child abuser. So we ended up giving, well, I ended up giving that review a review. So if you'd like to hear the review of the review, <laughs> head on yeah. over to our fan page. <laughs> It'll Just be worth it. Just basically search for love and murder fan page in Google or on Facebook, and you'll find it right there. It's in the, like if you search Google love and murder fan page, it's like right there at the top. So if you just search for that, click on it, and just request to join, and you can hear my review of their review in our fan page. So, like I said, today we're gonna be talking about the case of Ann Anastasia. This isn't Ann Anastasia. Uh, she like an Anastasia is she's a Russian uh, it's a Russian case where it, it dealt with murder it is basically in our wheelhouse of storytelling but this is a completely different one this is an Anastasia not an Anastasia so we might do an Anastasia at some point in time. yeah I was I don't gonna know say they
1: they do sound they both sound very interesting but yet very similar so it is different um, yeah, do you I remember the other case? Do you remember, is, is, do you have a synopsis of the Anastasia, uh, the other Anastasia? Anne case? Yeah. Mm, it's case.
0: a notorious case. I don't have a synopsis of it, but okay. that's what I'm saying. I don't know if we're going to actually do it because okay. I know a lot of people have talked about it. So I don't yeah. know. But okay. this case we're talking about tonight is a story of Anne and Anthony Anastasi. Anne Marie Anastasia was born sometime around 1973. I couldn't find much background information on like where she grew up, where she came from, or even her maiden name. But I did know it was around Maryland. Anthony Anastasi was born sometime in 1975, and while his past is still unknown, he did meet and fall in love with Anne in Maryland. So this is how we know she's at least in Maryland some at some point. Yeah, <laughs> this story basically picks up right in the middle of their marriage. So you know how I usually be like, oh, yeah, they were born. They had brothers and sisters, fathers and mother. Yeah, this one's not going to be. So there
1: wasn't anything else available that we could find? Yeah, I searched
0: and searched. I could not Mm -hmm. find it. Some cases are that way. Yeah, I don't like that. I like to know the background, but. I know.
1: We like to know the history of the early life, as we say.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like to Mm -hmm. know that. And I know our listeners like to know that, too. But yeah, I I really couldn't find anything. I really tried. Now, Anne and Anthony had moved from Maryland to Michigan because of Anthony's volunteer work as a youth hockey coach. At this time, the couple had been married for 18 years and had five kids together. Five children. My God. So by the time my story picks up, they basically had spent a lifetime with each other. 18 years working and raising kids. So, you know, this is the mundane routine most couples with children fall into, you know, just work in kids' school, work in kids' school. We'll pencil sex in on January 15th. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's so true. But that's why a lot of couples fall apart because of those reasons. They don't have any other common ground except I'm exhausted, I'm hungry, and then, you know, we got to take the kids to baseball tomorrow. You know, it's just, that's it. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well... I guess Anthony didn't like that mundane routine because one day he met a 25-year-old named Jacqueline Riggs. Jacqueline was born in 1990, and she was described as a sweet and gentle person. Her family said she was a loving daughter and a sister, and she actually worked in child care and would often look after her nieces and nephew like sounds like a good person to me yeah Um, at the time that her and Anthony met she was down on her luck and was just going through like some really bad situations as we sometimes go through so she became friends with Anthony because like her friends think it was because she just really saw him as a father figure and someone she should count on she could count on and someone she could talk to about what's going on in her life so that's why they ended up becoming friends according to her friends over time, Anthony introduced Jackie to Anne and brought to Anne the request of... What What do you think he asked Anne?
1: <laughs> now, you have to remember our show. We get it all with these cases. So I'm just going to err on the side of sex. I just have to go there. Well, he's not asking her to be the babysitter or the nanny <laughs> or the arpare. So
0: I'm going to well, say no, honey. no, his wife. He came to his wife. What do you...
1: No, or you're saying I'm, that he
0: didn't ask for her, for Jackie to be that? Right, exactly. Gotcha, so gotcha. I'm saying,
1: yeah, yeah. So I'm going to err on the side of, honey, I'm bored with our life and particularly our intimate life. And why don't we just have a little fun and just kind of spice it up a little? I mean, this is what happens in our cases. So I'm just going to say that's probably what it was.
0: Yep. He oh, requested God. a threesome.
1: <laughs> well, that happens in life. It's not just our cases. But because it happens so often in life, it just happens to be a part of a lot of our cases, especially when the marriage goes terribly wrong, besides a person dying and going terribly wrong. But, yeah, so. And she was probably attractive. You said she was young and, and pleasant, so she was probably pretty and he was bored. Do you think he, <laughs> Do you think it's considerate, Kai? To, oh, this is a good question for our listeners as well. Do you guys think, comment below, is it considerate of a husband or wife to come to you and respectively ask for permission to bring a third party into the, the relationship or opposed to cheating behind your back and enjoying this illicit affair? So what do you guys think? What do you think, Kai? You and I said hope to respectfully
0: they- ask. So mm-hmm. it just depends on the person's outlook. There would be no way to respectfully ask if, hey, babe, can we bring in another woman here to spice up our sex life? There's no way to respectfully <laughs> and she's ask she's got that. big boobs or bigger boobs than yours. <laughs> yeah, her butt is like, mm, bam, bam, yeah. bam, bam. I mean, I mean, your butt is nice too, but, you know, hers yeah. is like, mm, respectfully wow. speaking, of course, you know,
1: mm-hmm. I'm just
0: saying. And, you know, I understand that you're a haggard looking, tired looking, 40 43 year old with five kids who's been working all this time and yes. she respectfully is only 25 years old with tight skin and just a turner you know, respectfully speaking <laughs> and perky course. everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is all respectfully of course so babe what do you say can we have her in a threesome <laughs> i mean see my thing my thoughts are
1: this I would rather you come to me and ask, even though I might give you a quick no anyway, but I still would I still feel like at least you didn't do it behind my back you know, and just carry on this affair. That's what really upset me. I have less of an issue with an a so called oopsie that happens maybe once in a marriage, opposed to someone being terribly bored and we're not talking about it, you know. Now, you know what they say, I mean, you can open Pandora's box, and you don't know what's going to be inside. So usually, once you open that door, there's really no way to turn back. If that person catches feelings, what do you do, you know, with either of you? So there's always the risk there as well. It's almost like you can't win, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I guess... It would definitely be better if you came and asked me, but does that mean just because you asked me and if I say no, does that mean you're like, okay, then I'll put that out of my head? Or does that now mean that you're going to do it behind my back? So it's kind of a double edged sword. So you ask yeah. me, I say no, and now I'm wondering if you're doing it behind my back. So you're always going to really huh? want to know or do I not? Exactly. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, yeah, he asked her for a threesome. Now, this is where we have conflicting stories. On one hand, uh, the three of them hit it off and had an amicable relationship. And, you know, with with this story where they hit it off and had the amicable relationship, their relationship lasted for about four months until Anthony asked Anne to let Jackie move in with them. Now, in another story, Anne, Jackie, and Anthony had a threesome, and Anne didn't like it. Uh, but Anthony forced her to continue with this relationship, which still lasted for about four months until Anthony asked Anne to let Jackie move in with them. So the only wow. the only discrepancy here is: did Anne really like it or not? That's the only thing. Yeah, everything hmm. else remains the same. So we probably will never know that if you know, Anne was all for it or she wasn't or, you know, we just will never know. But those are the two stories that we have. Now, when Anne told Anthony that they should move back to Maryland, Anthony agreed. But, said Anthony, only on one condition, he would only move to Maryland if Jacqueline moved to and moved in with them. What is wrong with the guys in our stories? Like, oh my god, they're, they're so bold and brazen
1: because this is not the first time we've heard this scenario. Gorilla, or the second, nor cajones. the
0: second. You already uh, know. Ah. So what would you do at this point? Like, I don't know. So let let's say yeah, yeah, okay, this threesome. You were okay with it. You did it for four months. Then you were like, all right, that's it. It's done. We had our fun. Time to move back to Maryland. And then your husband was like, yeah, sure. I don't mind. Let's move. Let's move our family and our kids. But <laughs> Jackie's coming with us and she got to move in the house too. What would you say to your husband?
1: Oh, no, that's a problem. I'm sorry. I'm not sticking around for the for the, for the fireworks because I'll be miserable. If I don't want it, Kai, and I said no, then... You have to respect my no, period, because I didn't marry you and, and she, I married you. You know what I mean? I would have stayed single if I wanted to stay wild and free or be with someone who was wild and free and that just no commitment. Cause it's not really, well, you can commit to more than one person. So that's not true, Shar. Okay. But, <laughs> but I still, I mean, you know, I mean, come on. There's all kinds of words for that these, these days. But, um, yeah, I'm, we're just gonna, and I'm not even, I'm not someone that really totally, understands divorce or and I definitely don't promote it and I really would rather not but to me that's just a that's a big one like you can't just continue on another relationship within our marriage and I'm telling you that you're upsetting me you're hurting me it's disrespectful not to mention what would the neighbors say and the kids eventually (laughs) you know you can't I keep mean, that a, a secret forever.
0: I wouldn't put what would the neighbors say in the factor of what I'm doing in my life. That's my. Well, business, no, I was just theirs. I was just throwing that in would, there just
1: as, as a as a laugh factor. But oh, honestly, okay. it yeah, because yeah, it really it doesn't be, matter you know, what the neighbors say. Between me and
0: my husband, my kids, yeah, how would it affect my family? Yeah, definitely. So, well, there,
1: but Kai, there's a lot of people who are, who do care so much about what what their neighbors say, and the people in the church, and the people in the community, the people at the library. I mean, there are plenty plenty of women or men who are very concerned about what everyone says about them and their family. I've never cared what other people say. But there are plenty of people who would actually say that. What would the neighbor say? And what would the pastor say? And, you know, what would the kids say? And then the kids are talking and their friends, parents start talking. And it's just a big mess. You're still going to end up divorcing anyway. Let's just get it out the way. Get over with.
0: I mean, there are people who sit there and think about all of this and I'm telling them you need to stop. You need to worry about what you're doing. If what you're doing is right, like if, if what you're doing is correct, you're like not murdering people or whatever, <laughs> you're not doing anything bad, then don't worry as long as you are doing the right thing. Don't worry about what everybody else is thinking. Worry about what's good for you, your husband, your kids, if you have any, and just your family. Because other people, they don't they don't walk in your shoes. They don't live your life. So I don't worry about what the neighbors are saying. Like, I would actually ask my neighbors, can I help you? What what you looking over here for? Like, is there (laughs) something I can help you with? Because I don't think you pay bills up on this side of the road. Exactly. Go back to your stuff. So no, yeah, don't worry about neighbors. Worry about yourself. So anyways, Anne decided to stay and accept Anthony's offer and allow Jacqueline to come and live with her and her kids. And her husband. (laughs) And the dog. She wasn't happy about this at all. And after Jacqueline moved in in the summer of 2015, he basically the threesome ended. So it was... Oh. Yeah. It was Anthony and Jacqueline, but no threesome.
1: Okay. Well, that was a twist. Things actually worked out.
0: Right? I mean, isn't that what we want? Well, let's continue on. Okay. So... Yeah, there were all these people in the house, but the only one that was happy about it, well, there were a couple that was happy about it. Anthony, to him, it was like the more the merrier. Either he thought that it would make them a big happy family and he didn't care what Anne thought, or I I don't know what he was thinking. So (laughs) Anne and Anthony moved into a rental home in Lothian, Maryland, which is less than an hour away from Washington, D.C., and this home was, like, really cute, but it was, they rented it. They weren't buying it. It was on a nice chunk of land, and it was in a pretty rural area. So the house had about four or five bedrooms, and it was just a big house because, you know, they had five children. It was a good house for a family of seven, but actually, I mean, a family of eight now. Eesh. And the eighth wasn't a baby. <laughs> what? Yeah, because Jacqueline moved in, remember? So it's not a family of seven, it's a family of eight now. Oh, wow, that's
1: so true. Okay.
0: Because Anne didn't want to keep Jacqueline in the house already, and she definitely didn't want her around her children, Anthony and his girlfriend settled in the basement. Yeah, girlfriend. (laughs) That's his girlfriend, and he moved her in the house. (laughs) Yes. Now so the basement didn't have had very life. good living conditions. You know, it was cold concrete floors, no walls, no privacy, and just basically a completely unfurnished basement. But that's the only way Anthony could get Jacqueline to move in is, you know, he she had to be in the basement. She couldn't be in the house. Okay. So-
1: I'm so sure the kids are going to n- never notice that she lives in the basement. And <laughs> no, but no, but not only that, So so you are starting your own entire life together in your little apartment within our home. But but so you're not really with me anymore. You really have just kind of left me within the marriage itself. But then you stay downstairs in the basement. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. From any from any from any angle, that is absolutely ludicrous. I can't even see any anything positive about that decision. I don't I don't see well, any benefits. Side, I see nothing you can't but, see anything
0: positive. No, on Anthony's no, side. He has some bound chicka, Wow,
1: wow, wow, Oh, sorry. And he's got a free bound chicka, Wow, pass. He got a free pass. So that's what—that's what uh, yeah, he, that's that, what's that in I his don't head.
0: understand.
1: But um, that's the free pass zone, zone downstairs.
0: Basically, <laughs> Jacqueline would sleep in the basement of the house and would go upstairs to like have dinner with not just with Anthony, who? but Anne and their five children as well. <laughs> And, I thought she and,
1: said, I thought she didn't want her children to find out. I thought that's what you said. No, as I said she didn't children... want her.
0: She didn't want her around her children. But at points, there was nowhere around that. She had to eat at some point in time. So okay, and basically, you know, did the cooking. So she cooked dinner and breakfast and lunch for everyone. She kept the house clean for everyone. She did the shopping for everyone, and she basically just tried to keep the peace in the house for everyone.
1: Okay, but, I'm throwing your food downstairs in the basement like they do in prison in that silver tray. That's I how mean, you're eating your food.
0: I can't even. I'm I can't even argue with you because, <laughs> you know, how they just kind of just toss it in the silver tray. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, here you go. Just throw it under the door. Both of you. <laughs> here you go. Mm-hmm. It'll be like bread, moldy bread and water.
1: <laughs> exactly. Oh so, wow.
0: Anne kept it this way because she just kind of wanted her marriage to get back to the way it was. So she was just hoping she would let him get this out of his system and then he would get rid of Jacqueline. Um, And she was angry about it, but she really didn't let Anthony know. Now, we're sitting here making jokes and everything, but she was always scared of Anthony because if she did complain, he would threaten to leave her and the kids. And sometimes he would even just threaten to get a divorce and marry Jackie. So, you know, oh, Anne ouch. actually didn't want this. So she just tried to make the best of the situation. The only time she really, really complained to Anthony is she said she wanted the fear to end. And she wanted Anthony to send Jack, Jackie back to Michigan. And instead, Anthony told her that she needed to mind her own damn business. And if she didn't like it, she needed to leave the house. Well, so, it kind of
1: is my business. Um, Anthony. You would
0: think you're literally I, I'm in my house over with here, Mike. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> <Like, laughs>
1: Mind your own business,
0: lady. Like, Go back no, upstairs. That all right. <laughs> Go cook us dinner. We're we're hungry. Right. Like what? What's for so, dessert? After That's that, crazy. Anne decided to completely just check out of her marriage. Not not leave, but just ignore her husband and ignore Anthony and everything. Emotionally. Yeah. yeah. Anthony on the other hand decided to completely turn to Jackie. What a douchebag. Something that, I mean, this was happening anyway. It looked like he was already getting to that point where he was just going to uh, ignore Anne and, you know, turn to Jackie anyway. So yeah, but the closer
1: that he gets to his, his little side piece, of course, he's going to do that.
0: Yeah. She's looking and, like prime and, ribs and it, so. it was also like instead of having sex with his wife, he would go downstairs and always have sex with Jackie. So for sure. After, you know, she put on the blinders, he just stopped caring about Anne. And he only showed that he cared about Jackie. So by this point, Anthony just spent more and more time downstairs in the basement. So basically, he would spend most of his nights down in the basement with Jackie. And they would just lock themselves up in there and just spend hours together and, you know, not even come upstairs to see the family.
1: Well, you know, know, if you're being cold to you're gonna, your wife is going to become more cold to you. So then that's your excuse. Oh well, she doesn't want to talk to me. She she doesn't doesn't want to talk to me, so
0: I'm gonna be downstairs. Yeah, yeah. And she's
1: giving me the cold shoulder. Geez, I wonder why.
0: Yeah. So then you know, he's gonna make it seem like. Do you see how she treats me? Do you see how she treats me? Yeah. That's why I'm down here with you. But it's like it's really you's treating her bad, and she's just trying to deal with it. Like, but anyway, so by this point, Anne uh, obviously. Just felt completely alienated from her marriage. Anthony acted like he could care less and well, about her, because he still loved his children. And he didn't let anything interfere with his relationship with him and his children. But him and Anne were just like roommates in the house. So like, put the sock on the door when you're having sex, that kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! And did yeah. you pay your half of the light bill? Dude? Yeah, right, I mean, right.
0: You know. <laughs> they over barely the bills spoke here. to Let's each other. They really didn't yeah. see each other. They passed each other in the hallway, maybe. You know. So now another thing to note as to why and didn't leave because you could just be like well she could have just left this whole time but another thing to note is and well, she had was, five
1: kids though a lot of people wouldn't know you know they won't leave because of. i that mean reason. but some like, people gonna... would be
0: like you know what i'll figure it out and take the kids and you know just file for uh child support or spousal mm-hmm. support or whatever so so another reason why she possibly didn't leave this is me speculating here uh, Cause she never came out and said this is why I didn't leave, but speculation. Another reason why she possibly didn't leave was because Anthony was very, very abusive throughout their relationship. He actually constantly beat Anne. He threatened her. He made threats about the children, not to the children, but about the children. Oh,
1: my gosh. And
0: one time, he locked her out of their house during a snowstorm. And another time, he sent her to Florida, and then he gathered up the children and was like, okay, we're going to have a vote. Who thinks mommy should come back? Like... (laughs) What a <laughs> oh, douchebag. No. Oh, my no. God.
1: Uh, where do we find these men in these stories? Like, how did these women, you know, and I shouldn't say that because we've all been in some kind of a douchebag relationship at some point or the other, or we were almost in one. So it's just, you know, it is what it is.
0: This guys a raging douchebag. I know, but there's so many in the world. I'm trying to figure <laughs> I, out why are know.
1: so many in our stories, though? What is that about?
0: I mean, this isn't love and murder. This isn't cuddle and hugs. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Do you think that we're going to have like nothing but good men in our stories? And then he was so great to her. He massaged her feet every night. He brought her roses. He told her she didn't have to work. She was so loving to him. She never cheated. He never cheated. Then one night he just murdered her. Like, (laughs) That's (laughs) not our show. Okay.
1: (laughs) <laughs> okay, listeners, in case you in, just in case you wondered at some point, if we were going to take a big turn with our show, it's not the cuddle and hug show. I made a good point. <laughs> that's next door. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, that's next door. Go down the hall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he also uh, told Anne's family that he had affiliations with a well known Michigan biker gang, and that he was friends with people who would kill her family if he asked him to. And he also threatened to end with this as well, as well. So, you know, they were kind of scared of him. Now, another oh, thing well, to take note of is yeah. Anne had a pretty big trust fund. And by big, I mean her trust fund was a million dollars. Now, I couldn't find exactly where the trust came from. You know, like if her father died or her mother died and left her this money. I don't know where it came Mm -hmm. from, but she did have a trust fund. It was there. And Anne and Anthony had been using the trust fund for a while to get by. But now Anthony was using the money all for himself. Like he literally went on shopping sprees with Anne's money. He would buy flat screen TVs. And one time he even bought himself a Harley Davidson motorcycle. Like and this what isn't a even, treat. This isn't even his money, like <laughs> not even
1: your money. Yeah, I get it. What a douchebag. Well, you know he was buying lots of beautiful gifts for his lover downstairs. Oh, for Jacqueline, as well. he
0: was using Anne's yeah. money for Jacqueline. You know he was. Uh, so, anyways, uh, when the money ran out, he the money ran out. I thought you said it was a million dollars in the trust fund uh, yeah and somebody's spending out? it all on shopping sprees and buying harley davidson's what are you talking about
1: but it but it would
0: take for like years to go through a million dollar trust fund they, they i mean do the story you really think say, that they, first of all wait, wait 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 first of all they were already using it for their bills they were already using it and then on top of that they probably had a budget i'm pretty sure if you had a budget and you're using it uh, uh, what I want to say reasonably I guess um, then it would take years to get through but if you're just going out there you know how fast it takes to spend through thousands of dollars you can do that in a couple days depending on what you're buying then a Harley Davidson is expensive and flat screen TVs, TVs plural are expensive so no it doesn't take that long to run through a million dollars.
1: Okay I guess I can agree with that. Yeah
0: so when he ran through that He then demanded that Anne go speak to her family and bring him more money. And so she went and started asking her relatives for money. Oh, no. Yeah. So she, she did that. And I guess because they figured he knows a biker gang and can kill them all, maybe they gave the money. I don't know. I don't know if somebody put their foot down and was like, no, I'm not giving you anything. But... From what the story is saying, she went and asked them for money. They gave money. And it could not even be that they're scared of him. It could just be like, you know, well, this douche nozzle is using up all the money and the kids need clothes and stuff. So we're going to give Anne, but don't give it to him. Give it to the kids. Yeah, they might have given her
1: some instructions or advice. Yeah. But this is still so lame. I mean, she was so scared. She, She was just short of losing her. Well, she lost her mind pretty much because you can't be in your right mind to to go do something like that under that type of pressure and you know that he's spending it on himself and, and the the other lover downstairs in the basement so there's no way you're, you're thinking in your right mind he he caused her to just go crazy she has no self-worth left at this point no common sense left no you know support of anything and she just it, it's just her taking care of her kids and and first you know i guess she's in survival mode I, don't
0: know. I, I, I mean, I guess I, I can't like with situations like this, I don't want to comment on because I could say I would do one thing, but you don't know what you're going to do if you're in a Situation, a stressful situation. First of all, you know it's it would hard be it would be hard being a single mother with five children. Number two, this guy has threatened you for like eighteen or so years, mm-hmm. and you think he knows a, a gang. You think he could easily kill your children. You think he could easily kill you and take you away from your children. So I don't know how I would act in like this kind of situation. And it's easy for us to say, well, she should have just you know left him and you know taking care of her kids and say I'm not dealing with this situation but you don't know how you would react in this situation you have no clue so yeah
1: fair, fair enough I, I do agree with that that's you just don't know
0: yeah so after a while Anne became pretty sick of this whole cycle dealing with a living situation with her husband and his girlfriend um, you know the abuse the just the constant everything but what could she do who could she turn to you know like i said everybody could say get a divorce get out of there but it might not be as easy as we're thinking you don't know their situation i mean he blew through all her money so it's like "Mm." so and she's broke
1: now where's she really gonna go broke he's already spent the money she could have still
0: probably asked her family but you never know again Mm -hmm. now she didn't really have anybody to help her and anybody to talk to so she turned to her best friend which was her 13-year-old daughter. Now, would your 13-year-old daughter be your best friend? I mean, I could be friends with my daughter, but I'm mother first.
1: You have to be.
0: There's no way you can be friends with a 13-year-old as her mother. Well, you
1: can't be equal parent and friend, but you can be a parent who can be a friend.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only time you could like really, like my my child is my best friend is y'all are both grown by that time.
1: Yeah, exactly. I could see you that, close, but not a 13-year-old. grown with families. Or well, yeah, totally. But but she's still she's at an impressionable age where she's still looking up to you exactly.
0: to help her make
1: decisions about basic decisions about life. Even
0: poor yeah. thing. So, That's so the thirteen year old was disc- And I'm not going to give her name. Um, I do know her name, but I'm not going to give her name in this story. Mm -hmm. So the 13-year-old was a loving child. She was described as very loving. She loved both her mom and her dad, and she was actually a daddy's girl. Throughout all of this, she still spoke with her dad, and she just, you know, hoped that her family would stay together. And everybody describes her as loyal and trustworthy. Um, She did witness the crazy living situations of her parents and she did not like Jacqueline. And she was actually really angry with her father for bringing Jacqueline in the house, but you know, she still spoke to her dad. That's still her dad. And at one point in time, she overheard her father and Jacqueline talking about potentially starting a family. And at another point in time, she had even seen a used pregnancy test in Jacqueline's room. Well, that's the basement. And when she saw that pregnancy test, she, you know, that really angered her. It hurt her. And she just felt like her father was, you know, starting over without them and just abandoning his entire family to make a new one. That's what it made her feel like. Because, you know, she's only 13. She's not. I mean, even a rational adult would feel like that. So. A 13-year-old, of course, that's what she's going to feel. So yeah. now on October 5th, 2015, this day started out as any normal day did. Anne went to the grocery store, ran some other errands, and she came back home. And then she went looking for Anthony, probably to find out what he and his stinking girlfriend, I'm saying, what he and, and his girlfriend wanted for dinner. However, instead of finding him and asking him, hey, babe, I don't know, by this time she wouldn't be calling him babe. She'd be like, Anthony. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Instead of being able hey, to
0: you. Yeah, right? You. Ugh. Instead of being able to ask him what's for dinner, she found him dead of a gunshot wound. And oh, what, the gun whoa. was laying beside him, so she figured it might be a suicide and she called 911. So, I'm going to read out the transcript of the 911 call. <clears throat> Here we go. 911, <laughs> what's the emergency? I just spent the day taking kids to the dentist and then going grocery shopping. And I'm supposed to be leaving to take my husband to a doctor's appointment right now. But he's not responding at all. And he's got his gun laying next to him in the bed. Do you think he shot himself? I don't know. I didn't turn on the lights in the room. That was the 911 call. She sounded nonchalant and just very nonchalant. Exactly. Exactly. So police arrived at the scene while she was still on the phone with the 911 operator. When they arrived, she let them in and officers noticed that she was like really calm, not crying, and then she even acted like, like really shy. She didn't act like a woman who just found her husband shot to death, which doesn't mean anything. People process shock and grief differently, so you can't really knock her for that. Um, so officers went through the house and they described the house as like, cluttered and like packed like a hoarder would pack a house that's how they described the house so they went to the bedroom and they found anthony on the bed and yes he was shot in the temple and a 45 pistol was near him his arms were outstretched and he was laying on his back initial investigation showed that the gun had been fired at close range, and it did look like a suicide when they spoke with ann she recounted her day she'd taken her kids to school took one of the younger children to the dentist and went grocery shopping with her 13-year-old who was home from school sick. She also told officers that a lot had been going on in their life. Her husband had, you know, a lot of back surgeries. He couldn't work and he had shown signs that he was depressed, but, you know, she never thought he would take his own life. So police at the scene began just writing it up as a suicide because that's basically what it looked like. And while doing this, they asked Anne if there was anyone else in the house. And she said, yes, my five children, but four of them are at school right now. Like I said, my 13-year-old is homesick. And oh, oh yeah, how could I forget? I almost forgot. Yeah, Jacqueline Riggs uh, is a 25-year-old woman who we took in. She lives in the basement apartment. And police were like, well, is she home now? Well, I don't know. I hadn't heard from her today. The last thing I heard from her was her and Anthony were arguing last night. When he came back up to our room, he wouldn't tell me what the argument was about. He just told me to get the cats out of the room and that I needed to sleep in the kids' room. So police were like, okay, um, I will go down and check the basement then. So they went down to the basement and they were shocked by what they found when they first started going down the stairs to the basement they heard like this loud heavy metal music playing and then when they got to the bottom of the stairs they saw Jacqueline's body on a blood-soaked carpet in the middle of the room and the body had been stabbed multiple times Like everywhere, (laughs) the head, the torso, the arms, the neck, and even her legs. So just like she had just been stabbed up. Yeah. So uh, officers notated blood on the walls, on the floor and on the bed and, you know, apparently on the carpet. And it just looked to them like uh, Jacqueline had put up a massive fight. Fight. Mm -hmm. Also noted that the outside door was locked and the windows were screwed shut. And the room also had piles of trash, like, all over the place. So police put two and two together, and they deduced that Anthony had come downstairs, fought with and stabbed Jacqueline, and then went upstairs and shot himself. So they wrote it up as a murder-suicide. Then they wrapped up and left the house. An open and shut case, Johnson. So That's just
1: absolutely crazy. I never expected that twist, because I was wondering, where's Jacqueline?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So over the next couple days, the chief medical examiner informed investigators that a projectile was still in Anthony's head. So basically, the bullet was still in his head. Mm-hmm. And this kind of changed the way the investigators saw the case. And you're going to find out why. Because there was something still in his head and the way it was, they kind of figured they were no longer dealing with a murder-suicide. So they obtained a search warrant and went to search the the house. They described the house, like I said, as messy and cluttered. And in the master bedroom, they found a forty-five caliber spent shell casing. They took this shell to the lab and compared it to what they found in Anthony's head. What they found in his head, though, was a th- what, what do you call it? A three eighty caliber. Yeah, three eight zero, three eighty caliber. So. Then the question is, because you know you do have to investigate, could you put a three eighty bullet in a forty five gun?
1: No. So
0: they thought about this and they tested it out, and the bullet just fell out of the gun. Basically, it wouldn't fit. Yeah, it it's not going to fit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So basically, this proves that the gun that they found near Anthony was not that the not, was not the, gun, not the that gun that was used that to was kill used him, to shoot
1: him, or as a right. suicide
0: as the killer wanted police to think.
1: Mm-hmm a different weapon
0: medical examiners also found that jacqueline's body had 42 knife wounds on it where she was stabbed 20 times and slashed 22 more times so stabs and slashed 42 4 2 that's a lot good that's lord a lot. yeah so police are now scratching their trins like what's the Trying to just figure out what happened. What the hell is going well, we on know here? it's a
1: crime of passion so far. I mean, yeah. So the only person angry.
0: they have mm-hmm. to question right now is Anne. And so they call in Anne and her 13 year old daughter to the precinct for questioning, not as suspects, but just to see if maybe they'd witnessed the, the something. Daughter knows something or mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, both of them just to see maybe oh. they, they saw something when they came home. Was any door broken? Like, did we miss something and you saw something that you can help us out with? So basically, that's what they called them in. So as you Love to hear. I have the transcript for the interrogation and this came from truecrimedaily.com and I will read this out to you.
1: Yeah, we'd love to hear Kai.
0: (laughs) So Anne started (laughs) off talking about the abuse in the house and that's where we're going to pick up. So okay, just so you know who is who, you know, I'm going to say the names first and then I'll just continue from there. Detective, what's the worst threat he ever made towards you? Anne, held his gun to my head and told me to get out of his house. And when was that? That was a couple months ago. Okay. And I'm told if I ever tell the police about it, if I ever tell anybody about it, he's going to kill me and whoever I tell. And she also now told them who Jacqueline really was. I have to ask this question. Do you think that your husband and Jacqueline were messing around? Oh, I know they were they were and how do you know they were because he'd spent most well not most but he spent a lot of nights down there with the doors locked like a lot of them did you ever confront him about it i was told to basically mind my own business and he's gonna do what he wants to do and if i didn't like it i could get the fuck out of the house And I'm not going to abandon my kids and leave them in that kind of situation. So I would regularly tell him, she needs to get out. If you're going to stay with her, then you can both get out. Why are you here in the house if you don't want to be with me? You two can just pack up and go. Uh, Okay, so... While doing the interrogation, Anne agrees to do a gunpowder test. She gave them her cell phone and she allowed them to take a DNA, DNA sample from her. She also did a polygraph test. And when she was doing the polygraph test, she was like, they describe her as calm, cool, collected, very cooperative. And she actually said, does it matter if I'm yawning during this? <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. So I'm bored.
0: Yeah, right. Like, ah, oh, you're not gonna find anything. Oh. Can we kind of,
1: can we kind of move this along? You know. Yeah, officer? I have
0: places to be, things to do, mm-hmm. people to kill. I mean, dinner to cook. <laughs> as is normal procedure, Anne and her daughter were not questioned in the same room. Her daughter was down the hall answering her own set of questions. Now, as calm as Anne was, was as hysterical as her daughter was. She was very erratic and she even tried to run out of the police station. So what do most 13-year-old girls do? Even without trauma, what do most 13-year-old girls do? And I have a 13-year-old girl. I could tell you what they do. They talk. A lot. They do. They don't stop talking. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. (laughs) (laughs) Now, mix that in with the fact that, you know, one of their parents are dead and it's actually a parent they like. So Anne's daughter was talking and talking and talking. And she even, like, dropped a little nugget to the police, which which perked up their ears. She told them about the pregnancy test that I mentioned earlier. And they said, what's that you say? A pregnancy test <laughs> so like Anne, police took her daughter's phone and you know they took it to go through it and when they went through the 13 year olds phone they were surprised to see a group text in there with a bunch of detailed messages between Anne, her daughter and somebody else that they didn't know who it was because the number didn't match Anthony's it didn't match any of the other kids they didn't know who this number was so Going back to the interrogation now. There's a couple things I need to clear up real quick. That test they took from your clothes and your hands, well, they were all sent off. Probably found lots of cat's milk on there. Well, we found a lot of gunshot residue on you and the clothes. Really? That's weird. Yeah, right. You... (laughs) have also failed the polygraph. You did not just failed it, you flunked the hell out of it. The gun that was found next to your husband was tested, okay, and compared to the bullet that was found in his skull, okay? There is no possible way that that weapon fired that bullet found in your husband's head. We also have some phone records, and that night you and your daughter, but they said her name, you and your daughter, Talked for 582 seconds at 3 in the morning. That's about 10 minutes. Ah, no, that that probably was a butt dial. That's not a (laughs) butt dial. That's a long conversation. So, Anne, this is bad for you. This is real bad for you. Do you understand that? So, in going over the text messages from the two phones, investigators saw that, yes... This was actually a murder and it was a murder that was planned out by Anne and her daughter. Why do these people keep writing out their plans? (laughs) Oh, good Lord. But remember, it's her best friend. You got to tell your best friend
1: everything.
0: Why? They live in the same house. I don't understand why these people keep writing out their plans. I'm just going to (laughs) text it here. Not even try to delete it, even though it can be retrieved. But I'm just going to text. Let's just kill everybody. They never heard of digital evidence. But they didn't even try to delete it. It was there in the phone. This is what I'm saying. Why? Why do you write these things out? Okay, step one, Wednesday. Kill Anthony check step two <laughs> bury the body checked Step oh, like like terrible. why
1: like if you- it doesn't matter though if you delete it digital evidence means they can pull that they can still pull the record out there. They can I get that I know information. that's
0: what I said my thing is but, why, but are not, why, why are you writing it down are you writing it down oh my yeah. god yeah uh, you could
1: you could do a pen and paper no you, know, you can't and burn it no right? you can't
0: because you could still find it look I'm not no, going to sit no, here and tell you how you can find and, no, and burn it. No, no, huh? no, you can still find that, Char. I'm not going to tell you how you, I hate when the news tells you how to, well, this is how you do this. I'm not going to tell you how you would find it, <laughs> but you can still find it. No, don't write shit down. If you're not smart enough to keep shit in your head, maybe you don't need to be doing crimes. I mean, you shouldn't yeah, be doing crimes in the, in the wrong first business. place, but yeah. But anyways, I really, really, really searched for these text messages because I really wanted to read it out to y'all, but I could not find it anywhere. So if anyone finds it, please don't hesitate to send it to us.
1: Well, they're somewhere. So
0: they are somewhere. But if anybody they couldn't, knows think, where they these... couldn't
1: think to just meet behind the house and whisper to each other by the shed in the backyard.
0: <laughs> yeah. Know. So if anybody finds these text messages, please send it to us because I really I would do a, an episode on it just reading out the text messages.
1: I'm sure there was a lot.
0: So yeah. anyways, in their investigation, they were also able to find out who the other person was, which was Anne's daughter's 18-year-old boyfriend named Gabrielle Strauss. Yes, you heard me. A 13-year-old had an 18-year-old boyfriend, just like the case where we had the 12-year-old from Canada and her 23-year-old boyfriend. That was in case number 39, which was titled Five Kid, Kid Murderers. Check that out. What is with these people and letting their children have grown boyfriends? Like, a 13-year-old and an 18-year-old, a 12-year-old and a 23-year-old. Is like, what is going on?
1: No, it, but it's the same mom that says my 13-year-old daughter's my best friend. It's the same mentality.
0: Ugh. You know, it's just All too right. much
1: freedom. I you guess. can't be the best friend and be a disciplinarian. So it doesn't work, mom. Hello. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry.
1: It's too late. Oops. Oopsie. So
0: Gabriel was what they called an unattended kid, meaning he didn't have a good upbringing. His parents no, really didn't no pay parents. attention to him and he... Essentially raised himself. So in the texts, officers see that Anne and her daughter convinced Gabriel that Anthony and Jacqueline were abusive to the entire family. They asked him if he wouldn't mind killing them. And once they were dead, you know, you can move right on in. So if it were me, I would say, fuck no. (laughs) But then again, so... Yeah. But then again, you know, he was probably just looking for love, looking for a family, Um, you know. So I can't really I I don't want to say I can't really knock him because I don't want to act like I'm giving him an excuse. But I can't blame the 13 year old on. No, she's old enough to know better. So, no. I could blame them. Well, all. my
1: thing is, so Kai, I'm going to give you a, a shopping list. Can you go to the store and get me a loaf of bread, some milk, some orange juice, some eggs? And by the way, do you mind just killing someone for me? Oh, oh, and don't forget, like my, you know, don't forget the chips. You know what I mean? That's, that's it. There, there you go. Do you mind? That is that how she said it? Like, do you mind killing? <laughs> killing? I mean, they were just people?
0: like, you know, if you kill our like, abusive so father and his abusive girlfriend... Then you can move into our house and be part of the family and we'll love you and you'll be right near your girlfriend and I'll love you like you're my own son. It was more like that. So, you know, they planned a murder via text messages like a bunch of idiots. Anyways, there was even a text from Gabriel that said, I'm going to slit the girl and bust the dead. That's my (laughs) accent for him. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, you know what, he actually got it
1: easy, though, seriously, because she was stabbed 40 times. So it was slash 20 and stabbed 22 or something. And that's that's crazy.
0: What are you talking about? Oh, the dad, Anthony, got it easy.
1: No, I said he got no, I said he got it easy. And she, Jacqueline was, you know, Jackie Jacqueline, she was stabbed, what, 20 times slash 22 times. times. So well, all together, I'm saying 20 times slash or 20 times that that's still 42. But how do I how do I decide to do that? It's so extreme. And then just shoot him and just get that. Because that's really what quickly? it's
0: what um, ann asked for
1: the instructions were Yeah, yeah. But but when she want the husband to suffer anyway, why would she be so I don't know, I'll just shoot him this in the head. Is,
0: most women blame the women, you know that. Yeah, you stole my man. No, your man came to me. What are you talking about? It's all your fault. Yeah. So most women blame the women. So investigators went and picked up Gabriel and and brought him into the station for questioning. The interrogation actually went pretty easy because Gabriel wasn't a murderer and he felt a huge sense of guilt. So because of all this, he, what do you think he did? He sang sang like a bird. bird. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) And told them that Anne was the one who planned everything. Everything. this is when the whole story comes out. On the night of October 4th, Anne and her daughter went to pick Gabriel up. Then, while everyone was going about their night, Gabriel waited in the backyard. When everyone was asleep, Anne went down to the kitchen and let him into the house. And that's when she gave him the... Is that what you call it a 380 gun, 380 caliber gun and a knife? So Gabriel went down to the basement where Jacqueline was sleeping, gun in pocket, knife in hand, and she woke up to being stabbed, and of course she started fighting.
1: However, yes.
0: she wasn't strong enough to fight off Gabriel, and and he, as he says, he just kept stabbing until he was sure she was dead. That's wow, why there were so terrible. many stab wounds then because yeah, she
1: was fight, she was putting up a good fight
0: and he wanted to make sure she was dead so he just kept going so Ugh. then he went upstairs to where anthony was sleeping and shot him in the head after this ann's daughter took him home so the 13 year old was driving too good lord how old <laughs> yeah, did she look she's that a doozy. she didn't get stopped by the cops dude
1: no she's probably looked so short in the seat
0: yeah, she's only in the driver's seat but anyway, while they were gone, Anne got Anthony's forty-five out from under his pillow. So for protection, he always kept his gun under his pillow. So she got it from out from under his pillow and put in his hand and waited for her daughter to come back home. The next morning, the family got up, had breakfast, and went about their day as if nothing had happened. So, of course, when uh, Gabriel said all this, all three of them were arrested. Anne was charged with first-degree murder two counts of second-degree murder, and the use of a firearm in the commission of a felony. Her daughter was charged with two counts of first-degree murder and accessory after the fact. Gabriel was charged with two counts of first-degree murder, two counts of second-degree murder, two counts of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, two counts of conspiracy to commit second-degree murder, and two counts of firearm use in a felony uh, crime of violence." Good Lord, he was he was charged with everything.
1: Yeah, okay. I was only just willing to pull the trigger. Okay, so my thing is, why didn't he use the gun? Why didn't she and just use the gun that Gabriel used? Because that's the gun that, you know, committed the crime. Why would she switch he, guns? Why he, she... T-
0: he took the gun that's with kinda, him. That's
1: kind of like not smart. It was probably no, but...
0: it was probably an accident. Like he was probably panicking. They ran out. He probably took the gun with him, and she was like, "Ah, oh, crap."
1: Oh, so that... like, oh, crap! But there is that gun under his pillow That's that he keeps This for is protection. allegedly
0: because they didn't say why why this yeah. happened, but. You know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So anyway, Anne was held without bail as it was argued that she had quoted, quote, conspired with teens and was instrumental in the subsequent attempt to cover up the crimes, unquote. Anne claimed that she was innocent and wanted to take her case to court. However, while she was in jail waiting on her trial, she made a phone call. Oh, God, I'm just seeing all kinds of stupid in this story. So anyway, she made the phone call. Here's the phone call. Even though we all think that the world is a better place for him being gone and that her stupid fucking twit ass should have known something was going to happen, getting 12 jurors to see the same thing is a problem. Problem is... It's not only him. There's also a 24-year-old girl who's dead in my basement. She was a whore who moved into my house with me and my five kids. Her whore ass should have stayed up in fucking Michigan. She shouldn't have moved down here. She shouldn't have moved into my house. How could she possibly have thought if that was going to go well? That's her call. So investigators Ooh. confronted Ann's defense <laughs> team about the calls. They were like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, listen to this. And they were shocked. They were like, frick, 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 frick. (laughs) And where's Watson when you need him? (laughs) They called her for a meeting and they urged her to take a plea deal to avoid trial. And of course, because, you know, she did the dumbest thing possible and made a phone call on a recorded line. And I right, never
1: talk on that line. Oh, good
0: Lord. And basically everybody just knows that told on herself. So, of course, she took it. And in December 2016, she entered the Alford pleas uh, to two counts of first degree murder and a gun charge. Now, an Alford plea, also known as best interest plea, is a guilty plea where the defendant doesn't admit to the criminal act and asserts their innocence. This meant that while Anne maintained her innocence, she admitted that there was enough evidence that would result in her conviction. In May of 2017, Anne was sentenced to life in prison. The judge suspended all but 40 years in relation to Anthony's death because Anne's attorney argued that she had already served 20 years in her abusive marriage and then all but 60 years in relation to Jacqueline's murder. Anne also received an additional five-year sentence for the gun charge. And all of this was to be served concurrently. So basically what that means is she's expected to spend at least the next 60 years behind bars. Uh, and she's... Minus the
1: 20. I mean, okay, it would have been 100. Okay, wait a minute. So where, how did they take the 20 off? Would it have been 40? No, no. Would it it, have would, been been, it would have been
0: 60 for Anthony Which as is well. Life. But her, her uh, attorney argued to remove 20 because they said she already spent 20 years in their abusive marriage.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying by doing 60 years and removing 20, they gave her life at first, which would be the 80 plus, because if 60 plus 20 is 80. So is that how they went backwards? I guess. Would it have been, I
0: mean, I mean, 60 years, she was already over 40, right?
1: Yeah. So why did they just say life? That's really life.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's going to she's going to get out in 2017, uh, 2077 when she's 104 years old. So, oh, come on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, unless geez, she's one of those cut people. Cut me a break. Okay. <laughs>
0: cut you a the break. She years, murdered oh, somebody. She mur- well, she she didn't murder somebody, but she orchestrated the murder of two people. So cut her a break for what?
1: No, my thing is, I still
0: think that the 20 years was lame because she went through
1: so much more than what they're realizing and it literally and then they also could they could she could have pleaded you know in uh insanity or something or not even temporary she could have just said i'm insane well, i'm not in my right mind she well no one can say i'm she insane, said she you're not was insane, innocent but...
0: and she was trying to pin it all on gabriel and just be like i oh, didn't do anything so the judge
1: doesn't ever like that any judge doesn't like that you're better off just looking crazy that's a shame <laughs> I mean, think about it. They have a lot more, you know, forgiveness for people that are just crazy. And I mean, I would I would totally lean on the fact that I've lost it. Look at what I was enduring for my children and my life was threatened constantly. Don't you guys have any remorse about that for me? Can you not see what I've the conditions that I've lived under? There's no way I should do this much time. See, that should have been her story and her plea. That should have been it. But she didn't do that. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the two teenagers, um, basically what happened to them is... Her thirteen year old daughter was placed in a juvenile facility where she would be released when she was twenty one years old. So basically that's only eight years, and she's that's eight years supposed yeah. to be out in twenty twenty five. So that's like she has only three more years in there. Not bad. And then Gabriel in court, he was sentenced to sixty years in jail. During his sentences, he expressed regret, remorse, and anguish for his actions and told Jackie's family how you know he 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 wished he could take it back. He wished this never happened. He wished he didn't do this. And, you know, basically he was kind of saved. His attorneys fought for his reduced sentence on the basis that he had been an incredibly fragile and lonely individual who had been manipulated by Anne to carry out the the murder. Prosecutors even went so far as to describe him as a puppet in a sinister plot masterminded by a scorned wife, which that's what it sounded like to me. So, yeah, but he's still
1: got 60 years, though. So, I mean, they didn't give him any, any well, consideration of, of, you know, having an unstable life but and he actually being emotionally he, unstable. He, they
0: did, because in 2016, Gabriel Strauss pleaded guilty to two counts of murder and got the same deal as Ann. He would have gotten two life sentences, but he got it with oh. all but 60 years suspended. So he's going to actually get out of jail in 2070, 2076, and he'll be 60 years old. So, OK, well, you know, when he said that
1: he just wish he can do it all over. I mean, you stab someone and slash them 42 times. There's no way that you didn't realize what you were doing after like the, the six, you know, stabbing or stab wound. Like, how do you not? How do you? Because what are you angry about?
0: I mean, You're he not had even upset about anything. in the backyard to think about it and to change his mind yeah. and to everything like that. So I don't feel bad for him. I don't feel. No, bad I her. don't. And, That's my
1: point. I don't. I don't.
0: And I kind of feel bad for her thirteen-year-old daughter because at thirteen, you're usually just following what your parents said. And she was angry. And I mean, although you do know right from wrong, you really just literally follow your parent, especially if you're an angry teenager. So. But she
1: was just totally manipulated and brainwashed by her mother. Yeah,
0: both of them, I think. But
1: I thought she loved her dad so much. She could but have she used was, her own, she her was own angry. And said, you don't
0: know what you don't know what Anne was telling her. She was angry at her father, and she did think her father was going to leave them and start over again with another family. So, and you don't know how Anne works. Parents can be very manipulative. Manipulative, yes, they yeah. can. Mm-hmm. So you don't know I what agree. she was telling her daughter. So, anyways, that is a story of Anne Anastasi. Anne went to prison. Gabriel is in prison. Their thirteen-year-old is in juvie. Anthony is dead and Jacqueline is dead. What did you think about this story? Now, I I just want to point out, a lot of people feel like Anne got away with it. She didn't carry out the murders, but she did mastermind the whole thing. And she only got 60 years in prison. What do you think?
1: Well, I mean, considering her age when they put her away... I think it's fair because she's going to be dead anyway. She's not going to ever get out and see the light. Now, I they you didn't say, and maybe they didn't say there's a possibility of probation in you know, no, so many years. No, I didn't say
0: anything about parole or probation. Okay.
1: I meant to say parole because then probation comes after. But yeah. Um, no, I think it was fair because she's not going to get out anyway. Yeah, that's it's my not thing. Like she's, I think it's not it like she's fair. 20.
0: I think it was fair because it sounds yeah. like, okay, well, you don't get life in prison. You get 60. But she was already yeah. older, so yeah, she just got yeah. life in prison. Whereas yeah, so, Gabriel, I mean, that's just it. he technically still got life in prison because sixty years. He went in at like 19, six and he yeah, won't be out till life. he's sixty. I mean, Do you know how yeah. much the world is going to change? So to me, that's still life. He's not going to. Well, be... if he was,
1: if he was almost twenty years old, that's he'll be eighty in sixty years. Hello.
0: Wait, what?
1: You just said he gets—he still gets sixty years. So if he was about nineteen, then if he get—if he got sixty years, he wouldn't get out until he was closer to eighty, because he was about nineteen or twenty years old. So yeah,
0: you're right. My math is yeah. horrible. So 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 basically, <laughs> so he's he'll just as be out at—he'll be out at seventy-nine then yeah
1: okay well he's just as screwed as she is
0: yeah so I was what are you really gonna
1: do at 80 years old that's I if mean, you make it to 80 years, years off. right that's what i'm saying because prison shortens your life anyway whether it's emotionally or you know you know just health wise or if you do make it out it's you're decrepit
0: you yeah. know you're
1: just yeah crawling he, out the cell with by have with, any with, children, your nails any grandchildren no. he's not gonna be married
0: yeah, yeah his whole life is gone Yeah. So anyway, that is that crazy isosceles love triangle that we have. If you like this episode, go to Apple Podcasts or download the Spotify app and leave us a five star review. That will help us out immensely. If uh, if you do that, you can say whatever you want to in the description, you can say Kai cannot math like at all, like at all. <laughs> and sure, and I had to correct my math, if y'all can believe that. Wow. Anyways. That's
1: strange. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyways, but this helps bring us up in the charts and helps other people easily find us. And we'll be ever, ever, ever so grateful for that. Don't forget to visit us on Patreon.com and become a subscriber for crazy bonus episodes. Um, you will get, you know what, let me see what bonus episodes we have on there right now. So right now, um, what we have there in Patreon, we have behind the scenes from December where you you hear us trying to, well, you hear me trying to get through reading an episode. I could not say this guy's name. It took me like five minutes to say this guy's name. So you'll hear that. We also have commercial-free episodes of Love and Murder, so you don't have to sit through the commercials that play throughout this episode. And we have another bonus episode, which is me reading the transcript of Seth Previcki being interrogated. So you don't wanna miss that, that transcript that interview, that crap was crazy. You don't want to miss that. So that's what we have on patreon.com. We also have we're going we have a uh, crazy crime stories. We have Florida stories, Char's crazy life stories, like when she stood on the side of the street pretending to be a hooker and somebody picked her up. Or am I getting that story completely wrong?
1: <laughs> She's getting it completely wrong, guys. I was on my way to work. But I just look like a hooker. Oh, my she thought. was on her oh, way to, to work as a hooker. As a okay, that's, that's where so I messed funny. it up. Okay. No. <laughs> You guys have to just listen. Go over to Patreon and check it out, and I promise it will make sense. And it's only at least why I was three, at least why I was on the corner.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know $3. why she was on the corner. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> it's only three dollars a month right now, so now is the time to get in, lock it in before the price goes up. You can it go to Patreon.com/forward slash Love and Murder. Now follow us on social media at Facebook.com/forward slash Relationship Crime, Instagram at love murder podcast our facebook fan groups because you want to hear me do that review of the review with the s of the girl with the s on her chest and like i said s didn't stand for super but anyways so go to our facebook fan group just uh search love and murder fan page you can search it on facebook you can search it on google Um, we have merch, 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 go to our website, www.murderandlove.com. That's love and murder backwards, murderandlove.com and click on our store in the menu above and you will see our merch. We have shirts, we have cups, we not cups, but glasses. We have, uh, like water bottles, we have phone covers, we have hoodies, dude, we got everything. We have stuff that says stay sexy and don't get murdered. We have stuff that says, uh, princesses are born in December. We have stuff that says true crime is my love language. We have a lot of stuff on there. So go ahead. and Yeah, it's pretty cool book.
1: merchandise. Definitely.
0: And a free and easy way to support us is by just simply sharing this episode. Hit that share button. Share with your friends. Share on all your social media. Share in your text message. Share on WhatsApp. Share on email. <gasps> share, 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 share. So <laughs> it only takes yeah, she's out thirty of breath. seconds. There's so many ways to share. It only takes thirty seconds or less, but it really, really helps us out. Now, as we want to remind you each and every time, if your husband comes there to ask you. For a threesome, please don't kill him. Just remind yourself, like close your eyes, take a deep breath, breathe in, and remind yourself that it's all love, love
1: and no murder, murder all
0: Goodbye.